Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello and welcome to today's Heart Lift with Janelle. I am thrilled today to have with me Terry A. Smith. He is the lead pastor of the Life Christian Church in the New Jersey, New York City area. And I'll tell you, I got super excited a few minutes ago and made many blunders because he's told me he was only 12 miles from time, 12 minutes or 12 miles, Terry? 12 miles. From Times Square. And I'm going there on Sunday and I'm just got so super excited. And New York City is a great place to be for Christmas. So I'm glad that you're going to be able to experience that. I would love to have come to a service, but I won't be there during that time. But you know what? I will come back. I can come back. We'd love to have you. Great church, great group of people. It sounds that way. I can't wait to to look learn more about it. Uh, you have a new book out, sir, and it is stunning. Number one, and it is called "The Lord Bless You," and it is. It looks like a gift book. I don't have a, a copy right here in front of me. If you do, you can lift it up though. You, I know you do. You just showed it to me. Yeah, I do. Look how beautiful that is! If you're watching by video, and, and, and oh. it is the size of a gift book, and the publisher. Uh, just did a marvelous job making it beautiful. It really and, is beautiful. Uh, but I, I hope the content is even better than. I have no doubt. I have no appearance. doubt. Did this evolve for you, Terry, out of sermon series, or did was it just this is a book I need? Like, why did you choose this topic of blessing? I think it's vitally necessary in such a time as this. What, where and how did that come to you? So it actually came out of a study that I was doing in Genesis of all things. Mm. And I just, I just got overwhelmed actually reading scholars on the subject, Wow! how that blessing is the theme of Genesis. And some say the theme of all of scripture and you know, God in his very first interaction with humanity, Genesis one twenty eight, it says, God blessed them. And so the very first thing that happens between God and people is he blessed them. And then when you, we study that through Genesis, you know, they lose the blessing, but everything in history, everything in human history becomes about getting the blessing back. Ah, I love that you say that getting the blessing back. Yeah. That was in, in your notes. And it's just such a tremendous thing to think about. I'm getting moved to tears already. I really am because life has been stinking hard. And I think a lot of us have forgotten the Lord who blesses us. Yeah. Well, when you, when you live with an awareness, now this isn't how a a good scholar would say it, but to, Mm -hmm. to say it in plain English that God gets, wakes up every day and his heart is to bless you. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty interesting way to view life. And when you, when you really study this this theme through scripture, there is absolutely no doubt that that everything is about God blessing people and and everything that that means. Mm. 
What does that mean? I really, this is hitting me. I must really need this message because, well, oh, what does that mean? What does it mean that he, he wakes up to bless us? What is that definition of blessing in your study? My definition of blessing as, as advanced in my book, the Lord bless you is to be blessed means to be in harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in you, to you and through you. Mm. And, you know, part of that has to do with God's basic attitude about humanity and the yeah. reason for which he made us. Yeah. You know, if you want, you want to get an idea of what blessed looks like, you look at Eden before sin. Oh, that's what we're all pining like. for that, too. We really are. We're all still pining for that, that place, that space of perfection. Yeah. Safety, really. I think yep. that to me, in the work that I do with trauma-informed uh, clients, life has been super hard. So I guess that's why it's hit me so hard, because I do know hundreds that have felt a lot, a lack of that, because life has been super hard for them. And so I love when you say that humanity has a very unique relationship to God. What, what does that mean? Help me. Help us understand that relationship that humanity has. First of all, God created people because he wanted relationship. He didn't need people. He wanted people. He yeah. could have done everything that he wanted to do on this planet without people. But he decided to uh, create people to in, to involve them in the community of the Trinity. You know, God is completely and fully happy in Himself, but He invites us mm. into His happiness. And oh, that's so good. <laughs> Say that again. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, God is God is completely happy in Himself, but He invites us into His happiness. And this is actually a big part of God's relationship with humanity. A lot of people miss it. I mean, even mm -hmm. in the New Testament, Jesus is talking about people being welcomed into the age to come. And they're welcomed with the words, come and share your master's happiness. And this is really the plan of God for us to live in a state of being called happy. One, one mm -hmm. definition of blessed, particularly when you see it used in the in the Sermon on the Mount, that uh, to be blessed means to be made happy by God. It does. I know that. I used to teach that in children's church. Yeah. Yeah. And and now there's a lot more to it. That's a seems sure. like a superficial way to say it, but mm -hmm. that's part of the truth is mm -hmm. that God invites us to share in his happiness. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. a relationship with God is a relationship that's free from shame. Yes. It's a relationship where we walk and talk with God about who we really are and what we're doing together, mm -hmm. which I assume Adam and Eve were talking about in the garden. And it wasn't just relationship. He, he also, uh, Genesis 1, 28, 29, it says God blessed them and then he purposed them. Um, yes. That's not what the text says, but that's what happens. It's what God it means. Blessed them, yes. And then he says, this is what I made you for. This is what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. So one of the big big uh, points of, of my book, The Lord Bless You, is that blessing is inextricably connected to purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wrote that, that down. To, that link is inextricable. And I'm like, talk to us about that. Please tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah, it's not It's not just a, a static state. 
blessing is being being a part of what God's doing in the world, playing the role you were made to play. It's um, I think I think a lot of people kind of kind of make a mistake even in their prayer life. In in well, let me put it this way: mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people talk about the purpose of life being worship. Uh huh. Yep. I would I would say. Yes, the purpose of life is worship and work in that when you really study the Genesis story, there's there's not a whole lot said about worship. Now, there is plenty said throughout Scripture that lets right. us know yeah. that making putting God first and in the position that he is due uh, is is primary. But actually, the Genesis story is more about this is what I made you to do. And God saying Part of being invited into his happiness is God saying, let's do this together. Yes, exactly. Completely integrated and joined. Right. Let me work with you, not for you. Pastor Terry, I love how you make that point that blessing and purpose are inextricable. Can you share with us and maybe help us understand that even even in a deeper way? Because I know that my community is hungering hungering for purpose and to know that that's linked with blessing ah that's an aha for me i call that a lean in moment here a lean in and really listen teach us yeah so <laughs> so part of what it means to be invited into his happiness is to join with him in what he's doing mm-hmm. so um there there are, it's very common for people to say that that our our purpose the reason god made us was for worship mm-hmm. and that's true um, when you look at the whole of scripture, but actually the Genesis narrative, which is where, you know, those fir- everything in scripture is a response to the first three chapters of Genesis. It, this is where God tells us what he wants us to know about yeah. himself and why he made us, you know, this is what he created. And, and yeah. to some extent we learn why actually there's more said in the Genesis narrative about the work that they were to do. Hmm. And I've really never seen it this way. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, it's it's really clear. I mean, mm-hmm. the, wor- the worship piece is implied because mm-hmm. uh, they, they meet him in the cool of the day. Yeah, they're communing, right? Yeah. But what do they talk about together? <laughs> well, my view is they talk together about my, my definition of prayer is that prayer is communication with God about who we really are, mm. what we really think, and what we're doing together. Oh my and, gosh, this is so good. And um, so the worship is is incredibly important, obviously, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's just as important uh, that we're joined with God in doing what He made us to do. Yes. Wow. I'm sorry, I'm taking pauses because <laughs> it's so good. I don't want to rush through this point. Because I really haven't heard that taught that way. Maybe I have in my 40, 40 years of following the ways of Jesus, but it's hitting me today in a really fresh way. So oh, go ahead. Well, in, in the Lord bless you, the first section, <sighs> the book is written in four sections or people can consume it in four weeks because yeah, I love it's that. four sections or four weeks and 28 brief chapters or 28 days. So I love this. Uh, the subtitle is 
a 28 day journey to experience God's extravagant blessing. So the first section is blessing. It's where I lay out the theology around blessing. Good. Great. Uh, but the second section is purpose. Okay. It's an entire section about purpose and mm-hmm. um, about how essential living out our purpose is to living in God's full blessing. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is part of what brings us happiness. This is what, what, and when I'm talking about happiness, I'm not talking about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a feeling of euphoria for a few moments. I'm talking yeah. about something a lot of times people would use the word joy. Uh, Christians mm-hmm. as if they're afraid of the idea of happiness, but actually happiness is something that scripture does talk about. I think and, I've been afraid of happiness, honest to goodness. If you haven't yeah. been reared when what we say in this community in a securely attached home where you have felt safe and seen and heard and known and belong, it's really difficult if your nervous system has never experienced joy, safety, happiness to feel like you deserve it, number one. Right. But number two in this community, we also call it eudaimonia, which is that Greek word for human flourishing. And I know Mm -hmm. that you address that. I know that you talk about flourishing. Absolutely. Right. Yes. So why do we think or or what are you proposing, I guess, in linking that? Like, so can I give an example, a personal example? Of course. Is this a right way of thinking about it? I recently was sitting on my son's front porch after a long stay in his state of Kansas, welcoming in my second grandchild. And I got locked out of the house. Thank you. And I was sitting on the front porch, like waiting for someone to open the house. And it had been, I'd been there about four weeks by that time. And I mean, having grandchildren coming into my life, it's just, I feel like it's my whole purpose. Like I have worked so hard to break chains from generational sins and things in my family. And so to be holding this next generation was just like, oh my gosh. But then when I thought of my vocation or my work or my ministry, however you want to define that, I just sat there and I felt very compelled because I'm in a state of transition of, you know, I can't keep spinning all these plates. So I've got to, I've got to hone in on focus. And I prayed, you know what, Lord, I think I've been praying wrong. Where do you need me? Where do you need my gifts, my talents? my Where do you need it all? Do you need it in this little town? Do you need it where I live in Virginia? Do you need it in a place I'm not even aware of yet? I've been to Thailand and Kenya and all over the world. Where do you need me in your kingdom to help advance this kingdom? Because I'm really tired of trying to advance my own kingdom. Is that a ripe way of thinking about what you're saying? I, I love it, Janelle. Let, let me let me share a concept that might be helpful. Okay. With this, I have a concept. I've actually written ab- about this in in all three of my published books. Great. And I write about it again in in the Lord bless you because it's it resonates with so many people. Okay. Susie Welch, the uh, former editor of the Harvard Business Review and yeah. uh, uh, wife of the late Jack Welch said that this was the best career idea that she'd heard in a long time. And they they actually teach this in the Jack Welch MBA course. Love it. Um, Leaning in. And, and this concept is called area of destiny. Oh. Area of destiny. Now, we could do a whole show or we two. We just or might have subject, to. <laughs> but, but area of destiny is, is, is about, is, 
trying to answer the question, what did God make my life about? Yes. And yes. Um, and obviously that's not just vocation. That's mm-hmm. vocation, that's relationships. Ultimately, I think our life should, should be about basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so area of destiny, to put simply, is the intersect between um, passion, what do I love to do, gifts, what, did, what abilities did God uniquely give me? Now, I think there's another layer to that. Those gifts need to be developed into skills so that someone Correct. can make a unique contribution. And the third one is mission. Yes, which is essentially asking the question that you ask: Where does God need me? Mm-hmm. And uh, if if one can answer those three questions, what do mm-hmm. I love to do? But it's not just what do I love to do. What am I actually gifted to do? I love to play basketball. Yes, <laughs> and I grew up in Indiana, so I can shoot. Oh, bless you! Uh, yes, but I I can't jump. Anyway, I love to play <laughs> basketball, but my gift level it wasn't enough to take me to the NBA. That's correct. So, so it's passion, it's gifting, and then the thing that a lot of people miss is its mission. Mm. And then some people, if you're raised in a shame-based kind of church, yes. uh, then it's all about mission, yeah. and and you miss the passion. Uh, which is actually, if you know, I used I used to be scared to death that God was going to call me to be a missionary to, exactly. you know, you know, so, some some place I didn't want to go. What a ridiculous thing! I was taught it's the holiest of work, though. I wanted to be Miss America, and I was like, they were. It was no, that's not it. You need to go to you know Africa, or I mean, that sincerely was the generation I was reared in. The you know, God actually is going to. If, if he's calling us to do something, he's going to mm. make us like it. So uh, for, That's some a great time, point. Mm-hmm. for some time, uh, we had a, a Miss Universe in our congregation. Wow. And she's used her platform. She mm-hmm. uses her platform powerfully, actually, yes. to serve Jesus and do ministry. Yeah. And and that's, you know, what she loves. And mm-hmm. she's gifted in this. And she's passionate about it. On the other hand, you know, I heard yesterday from uh, someone who's a missionary in Calcutta, who Ooh. our church partners with. She and her husband live in some little village outside of Calcutta, uh, where they, when they first went, were the only Christians in the entire village. Wow. And they've been wow. there now for over a decade, and they love it. I know. I think it's <laughs> awesome. I love both of those worlds, so, so I would like merged in both. So, yes, yeah. I think asking the question, where do you need me? Mm-hmm. is a great, great question to ask. Okay. I was a little but nervous one, about it, but I but, felt like... But, but one one way, Janelle, you're going to know where he needs you is you, you're going to want... He, mm. he, he will work through your want to. You know, so a question powerful. God commonly asks people, beginning with Adam, and mm. I don't know how much time you want to spend on that, but there's I love a thread it. through Scripture... Going. God often asks people, yes. what do you want? What do you want? I know. What Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, it just, every time, I just yeah. like, I don't even know how to answer it. And I know that I know my community. You know, you asked before we came on about this community, and and I know that that would be something that is their finger is on the pulse, especially primarily women, if I'm going to just be honest. I know that it's culturally just a little bit more difficult 
you know, because we have so many secondary and tertiary, we have so many other levels of things that we offer, but it's like, it's, I, I, I'm constantly giving permission to answer that. Like, what do you want? But the women that sit with me in my private practice, they're like, I don't even know how to answer that. You know, now I'm in my sixties. So I was raised in a very different theological mindset. And so then my two daughters have been raised in. And so it is, it's a very complicated layered question to answer. I think if I'm really being honest and how would you answer that? Like, how would you help us answer that question? And that would help us find our purpose and eventually be blessed <laughs> and find flourishing and meaning. Well, I, I tend to go back to, to the Genesis narrative when it comes to trying to answer questions like this. And there's this great little thing that happens in Genesis that a lot of people miss where God brings the animals to Adam. Yes. And he says, he said, you name them and whatever you name them, that's what its name will be. Isn't that crazy? And it's like... It's like it's a picture of how God operates with humanity, I think, in ways large and small. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like God's a spectator, and, and other times we invite him in and he's a participant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and I think I like to talk about naming possibilities, that sometimes oh. God, he brings us possibilities. You know, I, I, love I think this. about it like, like the animals. He brings them and says, what do you want to name this? What do you want to name it? What do you want to, oh. And whatever you name it. Whatever you name it, that's what its name will be. So be it's, it. It's uh, I want you see. God didn't create robots. No, he didn't. He, didn't. he created partners. He created thinking, feeling, loving, sometimes Expressive, crazy, people. crazy, right? Yeah, and and you know what he says? I love you. He does. I love know. I I made you like that, and. Mm-hmm. You're a little nuts sometimes, and you really screw up sometimes, but I just love you. And if you'll give me half a chance, I'm going to be in a relationship with you, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to love each other, and we're going to do some great things together, and wow. you're going to feel meaning, and I'm going to feel joy that I made you like I made you. That's so but good. he wants us to want. He wants you're us. Blowing my to- mind, Pastor. He wants us to name possibility. And like uh, Kierkegaard said, possibility is a hint from God. Oh, that's so good. And and I just think that we need to be open to, you know, on one hand, where do you need me? I mean, this is how you partner with God. Obviously, we want to do what he wants us to do. I really do. do. I've lived long enough, long, long enough to know I've done a whole lot of what I wanted to do. Yeah. So he, 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 you need to, to do, you know, what do you want me to do? But one way you're going to know what he wants you to do is he's going to bring you possibilities. He's going to bring you ideas. <laughs> he's going to bring you things that you are passionate about and Desires. find joy in. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say, you know, hey, here, here are some possibilities. What do you want to do with these? Wow. <laughs> How many times have I said, wow, I might make it a contest? <laughs> I am really wowing quite a bit because I just think that is so freeing. I think that's what I'm feeling here is freedom. Freedom looks so good on all of us, doesn't it? And it's just it sure does. Woo, when you have been bound by so many things, 
I think your book is just an unleashing, an unleashing that the world needs right now, particularly here at this first part of the year, because that is where we are. Even though we're recording this prior to it, we're, we're recording during Advent. That's also a great time to unleash, right? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. One of your endorsers wrote Wayne Francis. He's a pastor. I guess he's at your church. No, no Wayne's Life a very church. popular pastor from oh. Life Church, uh, New York. That's different. I'm so sorry. That's right. Your Life Christian Church. Right. We're the Life Christian the Church Life in West Christian Orange, church. New Jersey. Okay. He's Life Church, New York in uh, in uh, the White Plains area. He wrote, I'm a sucker for a great, a great sentence. And his endorsement was so good. So I'm just going to read the whole thing. The Lord bless you is like a notification that unexpectedly appears on the home screen of your phone, reminding you of something you would have easily overlooked. Of all the intentions that God has for those made in his image, it's as if we get amnesia when it comes to his great desire to bless us. <laughs> what? He's so right. And I think that this book is a wake. It's, it is an awakening. It's an awakening to the sleeping giant of how good our God is. And his nature is to bless his children. Absolutely. So help me, Terry, then help our heart lifters. Where would they start then? Is it on the front porch being locked out of my son's house? Is it just those moments in real ordinary time where perhaps you, you have been hungering and thirsting in the chaos and all the craziness of life, but your soul is yearning for something else. Is it that simple to just sit, open your hands and say, what, what I, I want to be blessed. Bless me, God. I would say, uh, several things. First of all, I, I don't have the perfect answer. I know. Question, I know. I'm asking the, you impossible questions. Let me do the best I can questions. with it. So, yes, sir. Well, it's not impossible because we can <laughs> speak to this. First of all, yes, you ask for it. Okay. I mean, um, so this is part of how we partner with God is prayer is part of how we exercise human freedom. And it's how we engage our will, which God wants us to. So he knows what we need before we ask him, but he still wants us to ask him. Mm -hmm. And that's because when we ask for something, we're engaging our will. And mm -hmm. that's therefore there's partnership there. This is why yeah. this is why God, this is why God, though he could do anything he mm -hmm. wants to us, for us, he he tells us to ask. And James mm -hmm. said, We have not because we ask not. That's right. And so he 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 wants us to he wants us to ask. Because again, he didn't create robots. He created yeah. people with thoughts and ideas and feelings yeah. and experiences. And we ask Gosh. for things out of all out of our humanity. And yeah. hopefully we ask in accordance with his will. Mm -hmm. um, but I think sometimes we we get so worried about look, if it's not in his will, he's not going to give it to us. So mm -hmm. um I think we need to not be afraid to ask first. Secondly, like that. Um faith is is what what God responds to. Mm -hmm. 
he responds to our belief. Our I mean, yeah. everything in our relationship with God is based on faith. Yeah. Uh, he, it is impossible to please God without faith. Now, that doesn't mean that faith is perfect, that faith is mm-hmm. um, psychological certainty. Thank I goodness. Part of what we or we'd all be in trouble, right? We really would be. So you don't have to ask perfectly and you don't have to believe perfectly. But you 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 say like the like the guy did when Jesus was gonna heal his daughter. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Yeah. So you ask, you confess faith, and then I think you live in expectation. Oh, and I think that's a big, big thing is you that's expect, huge. You expect God to do what he said he would do. So you expect to be blessed. You expect. I I had someone say to me today, (laughs) um, they said, they said, I don't know what I've done wrong today, but uh, everything has gone wrong. Oh, no. And I I know. And I said, or I didn't say because I wasn't, frankly, I was in a hurry. <laughs> and um, thanks for your honesty. Actually, the conversation was with my wife. So I oh, also, okay, there we go. We love honesty. I should, but since since this is a there's a, there's a females baby. Here I'm we are. Sure, sure, you have a large women's audience. I I decided to not to just listen in that moment, <laughs> yes. and not say what I really wanted to say. Which very wise. Are you expecting good things oh. to happen to you today? Wow. I mean, it is amazing how life, and, and the answer, if she would have been honest, would have been to have said no. Now, my wife's a great woman. We've been married. I know she is. Again. Uh, how long? 39 years. So yes. we, you know, we're at 38. We just yes. So <laughs> she's a great woman. She's a better woman than I am a man. <laughs> but in this particular situation, I, I know when I walk in a restaurant, I expect the people to show me favor. I yes. expect the waiter to be kind to me. Mm. I expect the food's going to be there's some, and and everything changes when you live in expectation. It is. You're, you're so you, right. When you ask God for things, you confess your faith that those things are going to happen, and then you live every day like you actually expect mm-hmm. to be in harmonious relationship with God, right. and that God's going to do good in you and to you and through mm-hmm. you. Yeah, Life, it's a different. The world changes. The world does the change. The world changes. Yeah, and then, of really course, does. sometimes we have to define what, you know, sometimes he's doing good in us in ways that it doesn't look like he's doing good to us. We but, we just recently discussed, I have another wonderful friend, Dr. Michelle Bankston. Her book is also from Baker, and it is, um, today is a good day. And so we just concluded a seven-day good day challenge. And oh, I, nice. I share my story of when the day God redefined my idea of good. And so my listeners oh, I'd are love very, to hear that. well, I can share it just fast, really, really fast. Um, my mother had been, had had a brain tumor, was very ill, had it taken out. Then she was in rehab for 10 weeks. This was when she was 81 and my whole world stopped for like nine years with this. But anyway, she had just gotten home the day after Christmas from rehab. This was so this was like a 10-week journey from brain tumor to rehab to home. She was living by herself at that time, fully capable prior to the brain tumor. And so it's the day after Christmas, nor'easter blowing in Virginia. Nor'easter, awful. My son was post-college, but living at home for a while. He had just left. Everyone was gone. Mom was settled in. 
I closed the curtains. I got a sandwich ready. I put on a show to watch and I was just going to vegetate after 10 weeks of this journey. So I sit down. Oh, I missed the most important part. When I got up that morning, for some odd reason, I got into like this position on my bed because I was so exhausted. And I just said, Father God, something good. Can you just give me something good today? I just want something good. This has been hard. Why did I ask that question? I don't even know. I've never asked it before and I will never ask it again. So I sit down, I've got my sandwich. I got, you know, queued up the the show, probably a Hallmark, who knows? (sighs) The phone rings and it says, mom. And I'm like, I'm not going to answer it. She's good. She just got home. I've got her food. Everything's good. Rings again. And I'm like, "Mm, I got to answer it. And it's like the Lifeline commercial. I fall I can't. I was like, no, you're kidding me. No. And I was like, be right there. I go over. I mean, it is like a nor'easter and it's cold. It's December. Fireman, everyone's there. So that started. She broke her hip and it just started another long. So that whole day where she had to have an emergency surgery, I was there all night. I am just, well, I don't allow myself to get angry because I have a really strong state of repression. So I'm driving behind the ambulance and I'm just like, this is not a joke. This, I can't believe it. Like I really, I didn't get as angry as I wanted to. So then I'm walking around this Catholic hospital and every, all the walls are painted with compassion, love, joy. And God just tapped me on the shoulder. And he said, I am good. And you will never from this day forward. I'm redefining good for you. I will be good. So that, that is, was my reframing. And that was a stark reframing for me. I mean, pivotal. Cause I'm like, I don't think this is good. Yeah. But when you look at the word good and you take it down to its roots, right. It really does to make us more like him more. In his a- image. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So w- one of the things I try to do in the Lord bless you is deal with the fact that we have to understand blessing in the midst of a fallen world. Mm. Yeah. I, I have a chapter, and I'm saying this because I, I want to get to a story that I think you, you, you and your read audience it? will appreciate it. Sure, I'd love to. Would you? I would love you yeah. to read this. It, it, this this chapter is called, it's called Meet the Gardener. Oh. And I talk about how how that uh, if we if we want to get a sense of what life's supposed to look like, we look, we think from the future back, meaning we we look at the age to come when mm-hmm. basically Eden is restored, a gar- yes. garden city. God is going to have in the end what He wanted in the beginning. If people want to know what right. eternity is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Look at Genesis one, two, and three. Yes. Um, but anyway, and then I, I, I talk about how how when Mary, how when Mary met who she thought was the gardener in the in after the resurrection mm-hmm. uh that in fact she did meet the gardener she did uh, because he came to oh. bring, to bring eden back i love the word of god because it just <laughs> yeah. continues to like i've never had that aha either of course he was a gardener of course okay. he was the gardener of course he was that was an easter sermon one, one that was year. so but good in, anyway so 
in, in the midst of all of that, I talk about how, how that um, in the end, God is going to make everything sad untrue. That's, um, that's uh, Tolkien, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to make everything sad untrue. But in the meantime, where we live now, there are sad things that still happen. That's right. Every day. And, and this is real. So here, here was a story. But, but I talk about how that, that, in the, that we are going to appreciate the world to come better than even Adam and Eve could have in yeah. their innocence because of what we've been through. I can see that. Yeah. That when you've gone through, you know, when mm-hmm. you go through the things we go through, the ability to appreciate God's goodness mm-hmm. is heightened. Anyway, here, so here's a story. Okay. One, one winter morning, as I was walking through New York Penn Station, I heard a voice calling my name. Hmm. I turned, and a young woman introduced herself to me. She was a successful Broadway actress on her way to an audition. She got out the information that she had been attending our church before she began to cry. Mm -hmm. She explained that she was pregnant, but there were problems with the baby. The baby, a girl, had been diagnosed with Down syndrome Mm -hmm. and ultrasounds had revealed two holes in her heart. Mm -hmm. She already loved this baby so much. A few minutes later, we stood outside in the cold on 7th Avenue and over the sound of rush hour traffic, I prayed a passionate prayer for her and her unborn daughter. Mm. I know in that season, she had a lot of conflicting thoughts, but one must have been that this was a catastrophe. No one dreams of having a baby who has holes in her heart or who has a Down syndrome diagnosis. But now, years later, that baby is a gorgeous little girl, miraculously healed from her heart condition uniquely full of life and life-giving. This woman and her husband cannot imagine life without her, nor without her being exactly who she is, just as she is, Mm. a wonderfully healthy girl with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. This is the good catastrophe. It is an outrageously good and beautiful blessing that would never have been if what had seemed to be a bad thing had not happened. Sometimes the blessings we experience in this broken world are simply more precious because we are so aware that there are still some sad things that are true. Mm-hmm. In this way, our Eden blessings are better Eden blessings. It's true. You know, you have to have sorrow. You have to experience deep sorrow to experience deep joy, right? We know that. Yeah. It's been spoken of. And that is so true. So when I think of the word good and when it comes up, I think of that day. But it was funny because the other day, it was again a, just a cold, rainy day. And I was on the interstate and a ambulance pulled right in front of me. And I was like flashback, deja vu. Tri- I wasn't triggered, though, which means I have done my work to be healed <laughs> inside of my heart and mind, soul and body. But it did make me smile, you know, and I thought, I remember that day where you redefined good in my life and mm. you are good and you are a God. I'm going to add this now who blesses us. Amen. I just can't thank you enough. I really can't thank you enough. I can't wait to get this book and give it to everyone in my life and to try my very best <laughs> to live it, to live into that 
posture, right? That stance that the Lord will bless you. Absolutely. What do you hope for this book? What do you hope? What is your hope? You know, um, I just have this picture in my mind of just spreading blessing everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my, my last book was about leadership. It's called The Hospitable Leader. It don't, oh. And... and and I'm, I'm grateful to have written it. And it was well received, but I was kind of, you know, teaching about leadership. Yes. Which, but this is simply about bringing people blessing. Mm. And I, you know, it makes me feel so good. And, and look at your countenance. You're just, it just immediately makes your countenance um, raise. You know. Yeah, and so th- there are there are a number of churches already who are doing 28 days of blessing series. And um, so order it for your churches, people. Yes. Yeah, and and uh, and Baker's doing an amazing thing in that they're they're for for churches and organizations that are buying it in bulk. They're ordering, they're they're making it available for for fifty percent off. That's amazing. So there are a Excellent. number of churches that are buying lots and lots of books for the for their, their people, and then encouraging people because it's a gift size book to buy one to use as an invitation tool for Mm -hmm. a friend. So when I think about that happening Mm -hmm. all over the country and thinking about people sitting down and reading and meditating on what it means that God wants to bless them, that just thrills me. I know. It thrills me. And I cannot wait. I do it. It is a practice of mine. I am an encourager. Uh, So I love to do that. But now I am going to be giving this book out to all my people at the deli and at the stores and everywhere that I go and just especially say the Lord bless you. You know, it's going to be great. I would like one more little question. Uh, What would you say to the church at large now? We have been through a lot the last three years. There's all these words like deconstruction and all that. But what I'm, I'm hearing a hint of here is that you are inviting the body of Christ at large to maybe make a shift as well and start blessing. I say speak healing words. That was my my second book, you know. It's part speak. of how you bring blessing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Is that well, listen, a- God, God is uh the third section of this book is called People. Okay, good. And <laughs> and and that's uh, that's the next stage of this, which is to say that the only way the world is going to be blessed is. Through God, blessing people through people, You're and right. necessary to that is the church. I You're mean, right. we we have to believe that uh, God loves the church, mm-hmm. and um, that He has determined to practice self limitation and limit what He does on this planet. Uh, except He does it through the partners He made. In the very beginning, Adam and Eve, and we, we, we as individuals need to get back to the work we were made to do, and as the church, we need to get back to business and be bringing blessing. Which obviously, blessing mm-hmm. comes through Jesus, right? Yes, so, of course. You know, we're we're we need to get back to preaching the, the good news, mm-hmm. uh, how that through Jesus Christ we come back into the blessing God planned for Adam, and mm-hmm. so I believe in the church. I love the church. And um, I don't think we need to be deconstructing the church. I think we need to be reconstructing the church. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and and the world needs us. It does. It really does. And that I, I don't want to forget your fourth, the fourth part of the book because 
is absolutely a stance that this community takes. So share with us that fourth part, and it's then gratitude. we might let you go. Gratitude, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple. The The only response to bless you is thank you. So the only appropriate response. And so um, living in gratitude is absolutely essential to living a life of blessing. Yeah, it absolutely is. You can't, it, it's been proven. If you practice gratitude, it is a lot harder to fall into the darker places. And I suffer with depression, so I get it. But when I can even sometimes will myself to go outside and find something to be grateful for inside or whatever, look around like that day, that day, it was like, that's what he was saying. Look around, look at the walls, look, compassion. I'm going to give you that. Look, faith. I'm going to give you joy. I mean, look, look, my child, look, you're not looking at the right thing. You know, so yes, gratitude. Well, thank you from the bottom of my heart for this very encouraging, heart lifting. You are a heart lifter for sure. And bless you and your family uh, throughout this whole new year. Thank you. Thank you, Janelle. And this is a, a blessing for me and my heart has been lifted. So thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad. Thank you. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Heartlifters, what a great conversation with Pastor Terry. I hope that you gleaned as much from it as I did. I love when he started to talk about this area of destiny, this intersect between these three areas in our life, our passion. What do I love to do? Our gifts. What abilities, what capacities did God uniquely give to me? And how can I develop those unique capacities and abilities and gifts into skills that can be used in my spheres of influence? And third, mission. Where does God need me? Well, some would say God doesn't need us at all, but of course he does because he created mankind in his own image for his fellowship, for communion with God and relationship with him, but also to work to do work on this planet while we are here. And so I love this area of destiny, and I want to just encourage you to go back and listen back through it. It's around 14 minutes and 52 seconds. You can go back and listen to that again and consider these three areas in your life, your passion, what do you love to do, your gifts, and your mission. But I actually want to give this as our prompt this week. I feel like at the very end of the book, Pastor Terry asks this last question. He has so many questions in the book, but on page 198, he says, do you believe with everything in you that God wants to bless you? Do you believe with everything in you that God wants to bless you? Please take some time, some strategic, intentional time 
to reflect upon that prompt, because I believe the answer to that question will unfold many, many limiting beliefs in your life, maybe some skewed theology, but it also will reveal your heart. And if you would share, I would love that. You can share either on my email, Janelle at JanelleRairden.com, or over on Instagram, you can DM me or just put it on the Instagram post for this week's episode. Let's keep this conversation going. And above all else, may I speak this beautiful blessing that Terry offers at the end of his book as well. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Every Day online community at JanelleRairden.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.